Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we are in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be focusing on verses 5, 6, and 7, right? So there's just three verses that we're going to be focusing on today. So Ephesians chapter 5, let's begin in verse 1 of chapter 5, and let's read all the way through until we get to verse 7. And it says this, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetousness, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. So we've been talking about our new life in Christ. We've been talking about what we should be putting away, what should be dead to us, and the things that have come alive, the things that the Holy Spirit is doing within us and producing within us, right? The fruit of the Spirit. And... We are to learn how to walk in that manner. And this is why now finally we get to chapter 5 in Ephesians. And he says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Right? And he, he gives us the how. He says, and walk in love as Christ loved us. So how are we to walk where we are to walk in love? How is this shown? And he says, as Christ loved us. So we can look throughout scripture and we can see how Christ loved us, right? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, it says in Romans. So that's the pattern in how we should conduct ourselves before others, right? We are to be selfless. And here it continues on saying, and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, we are to be selfless in a sense that we are putting others before our needs, right? Others' needs before our needs. And we're loving others in, in such a way that right now, I don't matter, but you do. How can I help you, right? And then he goes on by saying, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. 
So again, he tells us this is how Christians are to live. They're to live in such a way that uh, all of this has been dissolved, right? But Paul, again, he's not saying that all who are Christians will be 100% sanctified the day that they become Christians, the day they are saved, the day they are born again. No, he's just given us the platform. This is how we are to conduct ourselves. We are to put away sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness, right? He says, must not even be named among you. Verse 4, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. Again, these are uh, the things that are the f- uh, the f- one of the first things that the Holy Spirit does to a believer is changes their pattern of speech, the way they speak, right? We're to speak in love now instead of hatred, instead of uh, anger uh, fueling my words. Instead, here we're told that let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. And it says, which are out of place, but instead. So now he gives us the contrast. Let there be thanksgiving. So we are to have a speech of thanksgiving, kinds of words that actually bring forth thanksgiving and ultimately thanksgiving to God, right? We deserve nothing. Again, we're uh, sinners whom Christ died for, right? We weren't righteous people that Christ died for. We were sinners. Uh, We hated God, wanted nothing to do with him, and yet God saves us. And once God saved us, he then shows us how filthy we were and are. And this is where the Holy Spirit starts working within us and weaving those sins out of us. Uh, We start recognizing how sinful uh, my words are, how sinful my actions are, uh, the things that I'm doing. And here we are told that filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking uh, shouldn't be named among us. Instead, we should have thanksgiving. And it says finally in verse 5, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So what is Paul saying there? Right? Paul taught truth many, many times. And these are believers who should know um, these things because he tells them, for you may be sure of this. They should be. Uh, sure of this and what is it right whenever we preach Christ whenever pastors preach who are faithful to God's word they are preaching uh, the reality of sin and what that does and what God has prepared for those who have sinned against him and have not repented so Paul again when he has pastored and, and taught he's taught this that God never tolerates sin right It has no place at all in his kingdom. And those who are Christians have been born again. These things uh, shouldn't be named among them. But instead, we are to strive to seek, what does God want me to do, right? In situations where we, we don't know, right? Or maybe it's straightforward and plain. Right. So to give an example, lying, we know lying is wrong. It's deceitful. Scripture tells us that God does not lie or lie is not in him. God's word is truth. 
So the Bible that we're reading right now, we're reading truth, and God is telling us something here. He says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inter- inheritance in the kingdom of God. What is God saying here? What God is saying is that sin will not just be swept under the cosmic rug of creation, but instead everyone will give an account to their sins, right? So so this is where we are to put our minds in now. We have to understand that everyone, and, it, and, and when it speaks of everyone, it excludes no one, right? Has no inheritance of what? In the kingdom of Christ and God. So has no inheritance. The, the word has is speaking of having possession of. So you have this possession. And what is your possession? Well, it's not the kingdom. <laughs> that, that's basically what it says. Has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. But again, understand this. This What I'm not saying is that if you, be, if you sin, that means you're not a child of God. No. That's not what I'm saying, because even those who have been saved from their sins still struggle and battle with their sins. But what this is speaking of is the fact that those who are sexually immoral, impure, who is covetous, and and there is more to that list. Um, If we read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Right? So we're putting to death, or... In in ASB, it puts it this way. It says, count it dead. Count what dead? Well, what is earthly in you, right? So what is in the natural man? Well, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Then it goes on. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked once lived in this and it says when you were living in them but now you must be put them all away and he continues anger wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another again see there's this speech and then it says seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and we have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So again, what is happening is sanctification. The more we know God, the more uh, we learn what God requires of us or wants from us, right? God has already saved us. Now he's telling me and telling you, act like it. Act like you're saved. And how is that done? Well, God tells us, be holy for I am holy. So we are to be holy as God is holy. We are to be imitators of Christ. And and that's this idea, this understanding. The more we know Christ, the more we will know how to be like him. The law of God is written in our hearts. We know right and wrong. And as we read scripture, the more we will learn right and wrong, what we are to do in different situations. So if we go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, has, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. One thing I want to mention is that this is the same kingdom. Christ's kingdom is the same kingdom as God's kingdom. Because 
Christ is God. He's the God-man. He's the one who took on flesh to die on the cross for us, right? He wouldn't be able to spill his blood if it wasn't for him taking on flesh, right, and lived among us. Because that's what, that is what caused him to be our representative, or as scripture says, the last Adam. All of those who are in him will be part of this living tree who will produce living fruit or produce good fruit, right? So that's what it's saying here, that God does not tolerate sin so much as that they will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and God. But us who are Christians, if we struggle with sin, uh, don't think that it's all over. No, we must repent from our sins and keep turning to God. Why do I say it's not over? Well, you're still breathing. That means you still have breath. You still have the ability to come back to God. You didn't fall away from grace if you are a believer. But what happened was you disobeyed God's command to be, in ho to be holy. You disobeyed. And there are consequences to that. But you must understand and look back to the cross and what Christ did. Christ died for your sins, even your future sins. But this doesn't mean we must continue in sin or we can continue in sin because Christ already paid for it. No, we, can't, we don't have that attitude. We shouldn't have that attitude because our sin is what put Christ on the cross. So how dare us continue living that way, us who have been bought by his blood? Instead, let's strive to learn who God is. Let's strive uh, to be wise and fear the Lord with trembling, right? We must understand that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We must understand those who do not fear the Lord are the fools. Also, we are told that Christ in him is hidden all knowledge and wisdom. So if you want to find knowledge, you want to find true knowledge and true wisdom, it's found in Christ. And as Christians, that's how we're to live. We're to live in such a way that we want to seek who God is and who Christ is and what he has done and what he is doing and all the above. Because God's word is inexhaustive. It's alive and active every day, right? There is not one time that it is not active, right? We must understand that all these people who have not repented from their sins and continue living in a, in a sexually immoral way or an impure way or one who is a cov coveter. Uh, and we read in Colossians that there's more to the list. There's a lot more. Um, it says, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. That means they've inherited something else. And God has a prepared a place for those people who have not repented. And that place is hell, the lake of fire. So we must understand that we shouldn't live that way. Listen to what it says in 1 John 3, 9 and 10. It says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. That means you don't continue this pattern of life. 
says, For God's seed abides in him, speaking of Christ, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident that who are uh, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So we are to love one another, not hate one another, because our love for one another is proof that God has truly changed us because we love God, we love neighbor. Love God, love neighbor. The two tables of the law falls under that. That we are to love God, that's commandments 1 through 4, and love neighbor, that's 5 through 10. If we continue reading, it says in Ephesians 5, 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Right? So again, must understand that no Christian will be sinless or uh, ultimately sinless in this life until Christ returns. Because once Christ returns, we will see him as he is, right? We will be able to see him face to face. And not only that, we will be able to see him in such a way that we were unable to see him. But don't be deceived, right? It says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, what things? The things that we just mentioned, the idolatry, right? All of those things that uh, is sin. We are told that the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, right? Not the sons of righteousness, but the sons of disobedience, right? And this whole deception, again, in Colossians, we found in, find in 2.8. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were crucified with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And he also says, And you were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So do not be deceived by what the world tells you this is truth, right? Because that's not truth. Because they're not searching God's word for truth. They're searching the world for truth. Now, we can find true things in this world, 
But ultimately, they're on a dead end because ultimate truth, right? What is true can only be found in Christ. We can make sense of the world if you begin with Christ, if you begin with the fear of the Lord, of understanding why the world is the way it is. Why is there evil in this world, right? The atheist cannot answer that question. Why is there evil? Because in the atheistic worldview, evil does not exist. Right? What is evil? And if you're mad about evil things in a world, as an atheist, so what? Right? The question, so what? trumps their calling out evil in this world because in their worldview nothing's evil nothing's good nothing's evil uh, we live in a purposeless uh, world that just happened by accident right actually this world is ungoverned there is not knowing what's going to happen in five seconds from now. Everything could collapse and, and, and blow up or implode according to their worldview. But we know that God is true to his word. And he's given a command. And in scripture, we see what God is doing within this world. He's renewing us and making us more like him. We are told that creation groans for the redemption of the sons of God. Meaning there's going to be a time where all of creation will rejoice, right? Speaking of like a creation as personified, but they are rejoicing in the redemption, redemption of the sons of God, us who have been born again. Why is that? Well, because Adam and Eve fell it caused the whole world to fall right Adam had dominion over everything and yet when he sinned it plummeted everything and that's why grass dies that's why trees die and a birds die and lions die dogs die cats die all the above it's because of the result of sin. So again, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Again, the wrath of God is prepared for those who earned it, who deserve it, right? All of those who have broken the law, because God says, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And then scripture tells us where sin came into the world, right behind it, right next to it, there was death. So the result of sin is death. Scripture tells us for the wages of sin is death. Sin is how you work. What is due to you is death. You earned it. So that's why sin is in this world is because we have fallen. We've 
fell and we are identified in Adam. But this is why Christ came into this world, because we are no longer in the first Adam. We now identify ourselves in the last Adam, who is Christ. So now, as Christians, let no one deceive you with empty words. Words that cannot be backed up, because there's many atheists who profess lots of, or make a lot of knowledge claims, but ultimately... They have to reply with, but I could be wrong. Right? Because there is no absolute truth in our worldview. There, there can't be. But again, when, again, when evil things happen in this world, they are now not acting like atheists. They're actually acting like Christians, acting like ones who believe there should be a standard of justice in this world that evil people should be condemned right there should be punishment but why well as Christians we can answer that because God has a standard of right and wrong and when wrong is done he's given us a layout and how to play that out right when there is a murderer out there who committed murder right he is worthy of the death penalty because God's standard is you shall not murder. And he has told us those who have taken a life, a life for a life. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand. Right? There's a standard of justice that we are to uphold and who better to come up with this than God himself, the one who created all of creation. And then we continue reading in Ephesians chapter 5 or 7, Therefore do not become partners with them. With who? With the ones who are the sons of disobedience. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6. It says, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Right? So in Ephesians 5, 7, we're told, therefore do not become partners with them. Why is he telling the Christians to not become partners with them? Do not go do what they do. Well, because... You have been born again. You are members of the same body as the, gen or as the Jews. Also, we are told that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and also told that we are partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So that's why we are not to be partners with them because that's not where our place is. Now our place is in Christ and living like Christ. So, the takeaway in this is the understanding that we are not to live in such a way that makes us look no different than the sinner who has not repented. Instead, let's strive to repent from our sins. Continually search yourselves and see what can you polish, what can you uh, do better. Right? Not that you're 
going to polish yourself. But through God's help, the Holy Spirit, what he's doing is he is sanctifying us as we are reading God's word, as we are uh, turning to him instead of sin. We are being helped along the way. We are to keep in step with the Spirit, as the Word of God says, right? We are to strive to do what God wants us to do. And above all of that, pray. Ask God for help. Yes, we will fall into sin. But again, like I said, you're still breathing. Meaning God is still giving you an opportunity to repent from that and come to Christ and keep coming to Christ. After you found him, keep seeking for him. Right? Scripture tells us, like, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And that's speaking of uh, the needs that we, we, we need in our daily lives. Food, bread, shelter clothing, but also through the seeking of God, searching the scriptures, seeking to obey him in such a way that there is no room for sin, brings glory to God. So I would encourage you to do that. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. (laughs) 